You are listening to the official OBB Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Sharif, the VP of the OBB Fantasy Football League, bringing to you the first ever episode of this podcast. I hope you're excited. We're going to talk about what happened in week 13. Um, There were some very important games being played that had playoff implications, and I have to say that I was personally excited about the results of it. Sorry, Jeff. Um, Your team sits at the bottom and missed the playoffs because of what Jordan Reed did in the final seconds of that meaningless drive. I got to say, feels good. Feels good to be a sixth seed in the playoffs. You know, I remember not long ago when my team was sitting probably second or third to last place. My team sucked. My keeper that was supposed to bring me a championship that he came just short of last season, Lamar Jackson, was playing football at a JV level. And it was hard to watch, extremely painful, and I was desperate. I knew I still had a shot, but I had to do something very, very controversial. And it almost led to our uh, commissioner, John Paul, trying to play a role as a dictator and prevent me from achieving my goal of making the playoffs with a trade that now that we've had time to look at, I got a lot of shit for it and I can't blame you guys for thinking it was crazy. I got to say it's paid off and Justin Jefferson is now a stud on my team. Looks like Jake's team still needs a quarterback, although it may not be true after what I saw whenever he played the Cowboys. But again, it's the Cowboys, so you got to take that performance um, very lightly because I mean, come on, it's the Cowboys, the NFC East. I think you could put any backup quarterback in for a team that plays that defense, and they'll put up respectable numbers. So what Lamar did, it was good. I'm not sold that he's still going to be able to continue that momentum through the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I got to add also that I feel like it's karma that came back and hit John Paul for trying to take advantage of his power as the commissioner and uh, reject that trade with Will Fuller, his stud wide receiver, now out for the rest of the season. It's a big blow. Will Fuller was playing like a top five wide receiver. It's going to be hard to replace that production, so we'll see if he can recover from that loss. Anyway, I think I'm harping a little bit much on myself here, so let me go ahead and break it down for you again, what's going to be talked about in this episode. Uh, First, we'll go through the regular season award winners. Um, We got some uh, shout outs to give to two guys who've already been paid out pretty nicely for what their team did this season. Um, Outside of that, like I said, we'll break down the week 13 uh, matchups, what happened. We'll try to keep it pretty short and simple, and then we'll look ahead to week 14, round one of playoffs. And last, we're going to have a moment of silence for those six teams that just missed making the playoffs. All right, let's get right into it. So we'll start things off by congratulating Team Suck My Ditka, owned by Jake Cahoot, for winning the regular season. Jake finished with an impressive record of 11-2, but this one came down to the final regular season game between him and John Paul. Prior to this matchup, John Paul had that number one seed with the best record. Jake was one game behind. And because of his victory, was able to swoop John Paul for that number one seat. Before moving on, we'd like to warn you, Jake, that during the offseason, you're going to be investigated for using insider information. We know you have a connection with the future Hall of Famer Mike Glennon. Lawyer up, son. 
Next, we'll congratulate Team Sharif's dad for scoring the most regular season points. He finished with an impressive 1,525 points. I would also like to add that Eric is not my dad, and if he was, I would have put myself up for adoption a long time ago. So again, congratulations to Jake and Eric. $150 is a nice payday. Just in time for the holidays. Go spoil your ladies. Go spoil yourself. Do whatever you want to with it. You earned it, so congrats. The first game we'll review from Week 13 will be the heavyweight matchup that was between John Paul and Jake. Again, this game had implications for who was going to be the regular season champ and potentially the highest scoring team of the regular season. So this one was entertaining from start to finish. I was the edge of my seat from Thursday until Tuesday night. Great matchup. Um, However, unfortunately for John Paul, a lot of his starters had a bye week this week. If I counted correctly, he had... About three or four players that normally start, including Tom Brady, Robbie Anderson, um, and a couple other Patriots. I think he was starting Antonio Brown from time to time, although he wasn't performing. So it just wasn't the game that I'm sure John Paul going into thought he had a really good chance of winning to uh, maintain that number one seed. So unfortunately, that came true. I got to say that starting Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback even though his ESPN projections had it looking like he was going to have a good game, I mean, come on, it's Mitch Trubisky. He went to UNC, you should know better by now. So John Paul, um, unfortunately, was not able to pull this game out and win it. Uh, Jake, however, his team performed just good enough. And Lamar Jackson, as I mentioned before, had a pretty good game. He had 25 points, although a lot of those were from rushing yardage and a rushing touchdown that he had. However, 25 points is still 25 points, so um, that's a pretty good showing from his team there. He also had two running backs, um, Aaron Jones and Josh Josh Robinson. I don't know. The running back for the uh, Jaguars. I mean, come on. Do you really know? James Robinson, I think, is the guy's name. Both had you know just around 20 points, so uh, a lot of points coming from the ground game for Jake's team. And at the end of the day, Jake pulled out that victory, 115-98, and and took that number one seed and took that $150 right out of John Paul's hand and said, give me that. All right, moving on to another game that I had a pretty good amount of interest in just because of the slightest chance that if Chad was able to beat Misha, he still had a shot at the playoffs, sitting at 4-8 and eight before that game. He needed to win that game and also needed four other teams to lose. Because he has so many points scored for, his team's great. He's got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, come on. If you have him on your team, you know, you're going to have a good team. So, um, unfortunately, though, the story of this week for this matchup was what Chad's players couldn't do against Misha's players. And by that, I mean he had a running back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who laid a goose egg. I mean, who saw this coming? I honestly don't know if it was an injury or what kept him out of the game. Um, I believe it was an injury, and uh, Lev Bell stepped in. And, of course, he was not great. So I've learned the hard way that Lev Bell is not what he used to be. Anyway, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire laid a goose egg. The Tennessee defense against the Cleveland Browns um, had negative five points. So really – if you look at this matchup, it came down to just the players on uh, Aguilar in this house, Chad's team, uh, just not able to perform as you would expect from a team. And then um, shout out to Misha. You know, he had a respectable season, um, especially for a guy who lost, I believe, 
his top three picks on the season. I mean, it's hard to recover from that. So to come out here in your regular season on a win against a pretty good team um, and score 100 points, it's, uh, it's a good way to go out. And you're entering that NIT tournament hot, so enjoy that. So, again, uh, Misha in this matchup pulled out the victory 100-95 against Chad. All right, the next matchup we're going to review was between Will Fork on first dates versus Hogwarts Hufflepuff, a.k.a. Darius, versus Caleb Van Voris. Uh, before I review this, I got to say, I haven't seen or talked to Darius in many years. Apparently, he's still alive, and the only way I know that is through these fantasy football matchups. So, Darius, if you're listening to this, hope you're doing well, buddy. Glad you're still part of this league. Uh, moving on to matchup, uh, this game resulted in Darius's team just taking it to Caleb, as every team pretty much has done this season against Caleb. I mean, his team is actually really good. Points against, unfortunately, Caleb might be top of the league in that. For that reason, he's sitting, you know, out of the playoffs here. But, you know, um, Will Fork on first dates put up 135 points. Um, large part of that due to his tight end, Darren Waller. This dude was pretty much the Raiders offense all day against the Jets. Put up 38 and a half fantasy points. The man was unstoppable. I mean, any team that had him, you know, it's hard to lose on a week when you have a, a guy like that on your team put up those kind of points. But, I mean, he had other players as well that performed very well. Uh, Kirk Cousins putting up respectable 22 points. Uh, he had some receivers and Cole Beasley, uh, this guy coming out of nowhere. Now he's like a stud receiver. Put up 23 on the uh, for this game. Um, so overall, very good performance from Darius's team here. Caleb's team, um, unfortunately, he had a few players that just bombed. I mean, Frank Gore, you know, he had 0.2 points. He left with the toe injury early in that game. He could have had a nice game. His backups did. Unfortunately, you know, the injury bug can really, really mess up your week. Uh, so that was a big hit to Caleb's team. Um, Hayden Hurst is tight end. I mean, to be honest, most people struggle with getting any, you know, valuable points out of a tight end. But I mean, if you compare, this is the funny thing here is if you compare the tight end uh, Darius had and how he performed versus Caleb, I mean, he 30x'd Caleb's tight end score for the for this game. I mean, he just dominated him. So it's funny to see these side by side comparisons here. Um, however, the lone star really of Caleb's team was Josh Allen, who put up uh, 30, 30 fantasy points. That made up a third of his points this week. So um, again, this was just an ass whooping on by Darius to poor Caleb, as Caleb has just suffered time and time again an ass whooping, and for that reason, Caleb will miss the playoffs. So, and also Darius, too, just missed the playoffs himself. Uh, he needed to win this game. He also needed to make up a pretty big point differential. He obviously tried to do it. just wasn't enough. Came up short. So you guys might see each other again in the NIT tournament. Uh, Caleb, remember this loss, how bad it is. Let it just seep in. And don't forget this, because if y'all face each other again, you can take it to them, man. The NIT tournament is where it's at. At this time, we'd like to thank our unofficial sponsors, Headbands of Hope and CBI Security. All right, moving on to the next matchup here between Sharif's dad and Chad has a gambling problem. Um, 
it's funny how the names used on these team names are not even related or the name of the owner. To me, this feels like a form of cyberbullying, and the OBB League is not a fan of cyberbullying, so if you guys um, might have to face disciplinary actions in the offseason based off what the commissioner, vice commissioner, uh, have to discuss along these lines here, I can tell you right now that VP is not a fan of cyberbullying, especially when it involves him. So moving on to the matchup here, uh, this game was pretty important um, in the fact that Eric had a chance to pass John Lucy for playoff seeding. Uh, it didn't happen that way. Um, John Lucy defeated Eric 103 to 99. It's a very close game. It came down to the second to last game of this week with a chance that Eric could have pulled off that last second victory. Unfortunately, he was relying on the Pittsburgh backup running back, Benny Snell Jr. Gotta say, if that was a name or a guy I was relying on to win me a fantasy week, I'd be very, very uncomfortable with it. And as you can see, Eric was very, very uncomfortable with the results. Two points, not enough to get it done, lost, and now he's a fourth seed in the playoffs. Uh, John Lucy, um, we'll go through his team and how they performed uh, in this game. So couple top performers, Corey Davis. I mean, this man, this is more of a product of A.J. Brown going down with an injury earlier in the game. But, I mean, if you watch the Cleveland Titans game, it was so entertaining, a lot of points scored. Corey Davis was one of those players that benefited from how many points were being scored. Um, you know, he was a star wide receiver for the Titans that put up 35 points. Um, along other top performers here on John Lucy's team, we had Aaron Rodgers, who put up a solid 23 points. And uh, Wayne Gallman. This is that running back. I want to bring up Wayne Gallman real quick because I remember seeing him on the waiver wire as one of those, or not waiver wire, he was a free agent, as one of those running backs that we all pick up every week thinking, oh man, this guy hopefully will pan out and be something good. And 99% of the time, that running back sucks. Might have one good week and he's just trashing next week. Wayne Gallman, a freaking running back for the New York Giants that, have a terrible record, has somehow been consistently good, putting up around 12-plus points every week for probably six weeks straight now. So congratulations to you, John Lucy. You won the running back free agent lottery here by picking this man up. He's obviously doing good for your team, and we're all jealous of it. Well, the teams that don't have a running back, that is. Uh, moving on to Eric's team here. Um, he has some good performers too. Um, Jonathan Taylor. The running back for the Colts had 21 points. Uh, as of lately, he has been stepping up and playing like they had hoped he'd be playing early on in the season. There were concerns with his production. He's obviously been a good running back in the past few weeks. I think those concerns are now gone. Um, Tyreek Hill was not able to put up 55 points again. I mean, it's a disappointment. I think we were all were expecting it, and he just put up 12 points. I mean, come on, Tyreek. you got to be better than that. Obviously, I'm kidding here. I mean, that's still a pretty good performance. Um, Robert Woods, 13 points. Uh, Kyler Murray, 16 points. Really, the big thing I want to bring up here is that it probably hurt Eric to look at his bench and say, if I would have played maybe two other players in place of the players I did start, I could have won this matchup. Um, but I cannot fault him for making the choices he made. Who would have started Ryan Tannehill over Kyler Murray? Nobody with a brain, that's who. And another player that could have been plugged in is Adrian Peterson. And I, I just don't get it. I mean, he's, he's so old. He's just old. 
I mean, he might be what Frank Gore is currently, which is that old running back that just doesn't know how to retire and still is pretty good. Um, so Adrian Peterson, unfortunately, scored 17 points for Eric's bench. Could have gave him the victory, but I don't fault you for benching him too. He's so old. He's just so old. So anyway, um, to wrap this up, John Lucy won 103-99 against Eric and locked up that three seed in the playoffs. All right, this next matchup was between You Like That and Hooked on a Thielen, Matt Petey Peterson versus Sam Kirith Goalie. Uh, this was another important game in which if Kirith could have won the game and also scored four more points than me this week, he could have been that last sixth seed in the playoffs. It did not work out in his favor. He lost to Petey in what might have been the toilet bowl for this week. Um, the score, 84-78. to 78. Um, not a very high-scoring game here. This is not a lot to break down in terms of top performers. If you look at Petey's uh, roster here, just you know, had pretty good performances. Nothing that really stood out here. Um, Russell Wilson put up 15 points. I don't really understand what's happening with Seattle as of lately. I mean, they were just on fire early in the season and just apparently have cooled off more than I'm sure Petey would like going into the playoffs he also has Chris Carson as a running back, but he's coming back from injury, getting healthier, getting more carries, scoring more points. He had 18 this week, so I know that Petey's happy about that. Uh, another observation on his roster, Michael Thomas had 15 points. I believe this probably is his best performance with Taysom Hill as a quarterback for the Saints. Um, Taysom Hill is not known for his throwing abilities as a running back. He's much like a Lamar Jackson in which he is a run-first quarterback. However, um, it's got to be promising to see that Michael Thomas was still able to score a good amount of points as a receiver for a team led by a running back quarterback. However, um, Drew Brees was reported to be potentially ready to start next week. That would be a huge win for Petey going into the first week of the playoffs if that was the case. We'll see if uh, Drew Brees can somehow recover from 11 cracked ribs in three weeks. That seems... Uh, like a bad idea, but if you're desperate for a win, like the Saints are apparently, then you would probably make that move. All right, looking at Kier's roster here, he was also like, much like Eric, where he had a couple players on his bench that if he would have started in place of other players, could have pulled out the win. I don't know if it would have been enough to score four more points than me this week to get that two seed. Um, it would have been enough to maybe pull out a win, though. Looking at his starters here, his best performer... Um, outside of his quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, who had 18 points, was Adam Thielen, who had 17 points, um, and really not a lot of the people. I guess the, another big thing here, too, is um, Antonio Gibson. The man's been on fire recently, the running back for the Washington Redskins. Uh, got hurt in the first quarter of the game and had to leave. Um, unfortunately, sounds like he might be out for the rest of the season. If he would have been healthy for this game, we're talking about a different outcome here for sure. He would have put up more than, uh, let's see, eight points is my guess, which would have been enough to give him the win. But again, it sucks that, you know, you have a player who gets injured early in the game. Your team is not going to get the points in that spot that it should for a healthy player. Um, So that was really the leading uh, cause for Kier's loss here. So to wrap this up, PD pulled out the victory. 84-78 against Kierth. He is the fifth seed in the playoffs. We'd like to thank another sponsor of ours, Pfizer. 
Get your ice cold vaccine. And now to review the last matchup of week 13. I saved the best for last. Uh, between the Dirty Jeffertinis and Wubba Lubba Chub Chub, a.k.a. myself versus Jeff. And the reason why this is the best is because I pulled off a come-from-behind victory in the last minute of the San Francisco versus Buffalo game with Jordan Reed catching that meaningless touchdown pass that gave me a one-point lead over Jeff and results in me winning this matchup 96.5 to 95.5. Got to say, it felt like a Christmas miracle. I was so excited. And the best part is I just learned recently that Jeff was also watching this game, but with the hopes that he would pull off the win to not be in last place. He is now currently in last place in the league, and it's just so funny to me that we were watching this game at the same time and seeing that touchdown catch made me so excited. And literally at the exact same time, Jeff was probably crying into a pillow because he came in last place in our league. Um, just be happy we didn't come up with a punishment for you for doing or for being last place because I'm sure your life would be much more miserable than it is right now just having that uh, last place finish for the OBB Fantasy Football League uh, Season 12. So um, sorry for your loss. Not really because I made the playoffs. So anyway, um, let's get into breaking down this game. So the Wubba Lubba Chub Chub, that's actually a really fun name to say. I never said that till, said that fully until now, and that's really fun. So Jeff, good name. Um, we'll look at your top performers this week. So start off with the running back, David Montgomery, scoring 25 points. Um, it's impressive. I mean, I have him in my other fantasy league. He's been okay all season, but he's been really good lately. So he did you very well in this matchup. Um, Jarvis Landry had you 16 points in your flex. Um, and unfortunately, your tight end, Kyle Rudolph, laid you a goose egg, along with your kicker. I got to say, it's not often I see a kicker get negative points. Your kicker, Michael Bagley, I don't even know how to say that, scored you negative two points. So really, you can blame your tight end and your kicker for screwing you this week and only getting you 95 points. Now, looking at my roster here, if you looked at the top three players, my quarterback, my two starting running backs, and you see that I only got four points out of Justin Herbert, only got three out of Miles Sanders, only got five out of Devontae Booker, you got to say, ain't no way in hell this man pulled off a win. But let's go ahead and review my top performance here, shall we? We'll start off with Justin Jefferson. Yes, I said it, Justin Jefferson, the guy that everybody thought was overrated and wasn't worth trading Lamar Jackson for. It got me 23 points. It's a lot of points, guys, and he definitely helped me win this week. And outside of him, not a lot of other top performers. My defense, the Dolphins defense, got me 16 points. Um, my team MVP, which is Young Way Koo, the kicker out of Atlanta, got me 12 points. Um, Cooper Cup got me 11. And, I mean, outside of those, the quarterback and two running backs, my team just performed average and above average, which is great. So, with all that said, um, last second victory gave me the 16 in the playoffs. I beat Jeff by one point, and the poor guy is at the bottom of the table now. If you guys are still listening, I'd like to congratulate you on tolerating how long this has been so far. I've been recording um, this as I've been drinking beer. I'm probably about three beers in deep right now. The fact you're still listening to me right now tells me, one, um, I'm somewhat entertaining, and yes, I can be entertaining. Two, 
you probably don't have much else to listen to or do in your free time. If you're like me, that's the case a lot of days. So uh, hopefully this has been entertaining so far and you enjoyed the week 13 matchup reviews. With that being done, we're going to go ahead and move on to the playoffs and review the week one matchups. So obviously John Paul and Jake both have first round buys being the number one and two seed. That leaves um, the three seed John Lucy facing the six seed myself um, in the first week. And I got to be honest, since I'm playing in this matchup, I'm not feeling great about it. Uh, looking at John Lucy's roster, not only his roster, but also the opponents that his players are playing, I really do not like the odds of my team pulling out this victory. Obviously, I'm hoping for the best, but um, we'll run down the list here of players who are currently in starting slot. He's got Aaron Rodgers, who's playing at Detroit on Sunday, and Detroit's the 23rd ranked defense against quarterbacks. I think lately they've probably been worse than that, so Aaron Rodgers could have himself a big game. Next up is Derrick Henry, who came off a bad week last week. However, he's going up against Jacksonville's uh, run defense that's ranked 28th in the league. Uh, I think last week was an anomaly. Um, and, you know, this time of year is when Derrick Henry really picks it up. So I could see him having more than his projected 20 points this game. Wayne Gallman, you already heard me rant about him. You know what? We're going to go and chalk him down for 12 points because that's just what he does. He gets you 12 every week. Uh, Mike Evans against Minneapolis, they're the second to last, I'm sorry, they're 31st, they're ranked 31st in pass defense against receivers, so honestly, this Tampa Bay-Minnesota game could be a high-scoring game, Mike Evans is a red zone target for Tom Brady, if Tom Brady has a good game, scores a lot of points, Mike Evans is going to do the same, he's projected at 12 points, um, Devontae Parker, his next receiver he's starting, is projected 12 points against a really good pass defense in Kansas City. However, the recipe here is that Kansas City just dominates. I mean, Miami's not that great, and if they're down, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Devontae Parker benefits. It may not be a good day, but he'll definitely get a lot of targets. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, this is John Lucy's man crush, um, second to Tom Brady. Uh you know, he's really come out of retirement and just played very well, and he's projected to have eight points. Um, this brings up uh, something I just noticed here is uh, John Lucy has two players for Tennessee and two players for Tampa Bay this week on a starting lineup. So if those two teams perform well, he's going to do well. If they both are bad, which I'm hoping, then there's a chance that I might actually pull this one out. Um, in the flex, he has Corey Davis, which we mentioned before, uh, with A.J. Brown being out with an injury. He's the number one target on that pass offense. Going against Jacksonville, the 27th-ranked defense against the pass. He's projected to get 12 points. I can see him having more than that. Um, his defense is the Raiders. I'm expecting that'll probably change, maybe not. Uh, funny story here, he dropped the L.A. Rams defense, which is ranked third in the league last week to pick up a streaming defense, which I believe paid off. However... I scooped up that defense. I'm playing his defense against him in the L.A. Rams. So I'm rooting hard for uh, the Rams on Thursday night to really just take it to Cam Newton and the Patriots and uh, have that pay off in my favor. And last, I mean, Justin Tucker's kicker, whatever, kickers are just what they are. So um, really, you know, he's got a good chance here just dominating this matchup. Looking at my roster here, Justin Herbert, he's just been – Crazy good until the past week or two, I guess, essentially. He only scored me four points last week, which is extremely unusual. 
He's got a chance to rebound here against the 32nd-ranked Atlanta pass defense. Really hoping he can just explode here and put up a lot of points for me. That's what I'm going to need from him. So moving on to my running backs, uh, I feel like I'm going to probably stick with these running backs, even though they both just did terrible for me last week. It's a risk, but I need to take risk in this situation. Miles Sanders, he has been on a, a very steady decline in production and fantasy points recently, scoring, I believe, seven points three weeks ago, five points two weeks ago, and just a lousy three points last week. However, his quarterback is no longer Carson Wentz, which could benefit him in a very good way. They're plugging Jalen Hurts in at the running or at the uh, quarterback position. The coach started to come out and said he wants to get Miles Sanders involved more just to help Jalen Hurts out here. He could be an easy dump off pass to get that man's confidence going. Unfortunately, it's against the number one ranked run defense in the New Orleans Saints. So we'll see what happens here. I'm hoping for some good production, but I think it's a high risk. Uh, high reward play here. Probably not going to play in my favor, but I'm desperate. I don't have many other backup options at the running back position. Moving on, Devontae Booker. He played the Jets last week. He's got an even pretty equivalent tough matchup in the Indianapolis Colts defense. They're ranked 12th against runners. Um, he's projected to get 12 points. He had five last week. I mean, he can't do much worse than that. We'll see what happens. Uh, for my receivers, Justin Jefferson, you know he's an automatic start going against Tom, uh, Tampa Bay, who is the 24th ranked uh, pass defense. So he's another player I need to have a great week. We'll see what happens. He's projected to get 13. Um, Cooper Cup, you know, I'm debating whether I should even start him or not. He's just so inconsistent. He's going against New England on Thursday night. He's projected to get 12 points. Uh, my tight end spot is empty for now. I'm probably going to stream somebody. Uh, Jordan Reed got lucky last week, I'll be honest, so I don't expect him to do uh, the same thing he did last week, which is give me a last-second game-winning touchdown. Um, and then my flex position, I'm currently debating between Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I think he can't go wrong either way, but Debo is currently nursing an injury that uh, could limit his touches, so i got to monitor that. Either way, it's they're playing Washington's second-ranked pass defense, um, so it's not a good matchup at all. The Rams defense I mentioned earlier, hopefully they can uh, do something good against New England tomorrow night. And then my kicker, Young Weku, you already know he's going to get me at least 10 points. Maybe he'll get me 20. I really need him to get 30 this week. He's going against the 24th ranks kicker defense. I don't know how you, you know, if that's even legitimate to even consider that as a stat. Um, so yeah, a lot of breakdowns there and I just need a lot of miracles, basically, to pull off this win. I, I don't see it happening, but, you know, crazy things have happened. Um, a statistic I'm going to pull up here just to kind of give you guys an idea of how, you know, my team and John Lucy has been performing recently. I did a, a three-week average for our points score. John Lucy, over the past three weeks, has averaged 129 points. It's got to be one of the best in the league. Myself, I've averaged 108 points. Not bad, not great. So John Lucy's the hot team coming in, even though his last week wasn't that great. Um, odds are in his favor, and we'll see what happens. Second playoff match this week is between Petey and Eric. Um, Eric is the number four seed. Petey is the fifth seed going into this matchup. We'll take a look first at um, Petey's roster here. He has Russell Wilson starting at quarterback against the New York Jets. I mean, this is a great game for him to basically reestablish himself as the MVP in this league. The Jets are ranked 30th against the pass. I expect him to have a big game. 
His running back, Chris Carson, like I mentioned, has been um, coming back from injuries, playing well recently. Uh, the Jets' run defense is sneaky good. Their uh, ranking doesn't say that, so I wouldn't be surprised if um, they're able to contain him and keep him from his projected value this week of 15 points. Uh, Ramin, Raheem Mostert, excuse me, his other running back he's starting. The man's so talented, it makes no sense. I mean, he's been hurt most of the season. Last, you know, this past game he played, he didn't get as many touches as I think a lot of people expected. The dude can run out of his shoes. He's so fast. I mean, once he gets in the open field, he's a home run threat every time he gets in that position. But he's going against a really tough Washington defense. He's ranked third against the run here. So he's projected to get 12. I could see it going either way here, um, above or below that value. Uh, Michael Thomas is his starting wide, starting wide receiver one um, going against Philadelphia. You know, they have a backup quarterback. They're starting in Jalen Hurts, like I mentioned. And, I mean, that could be good or bad. Um, if Jalen Hurts plays bad, guess what? The Saints are going to be up, and they're not going to be in attack mode. They're going to be in uh, clock management. They're going to run the ball a lot more. So Michael Thomas may not have a great day, but could if Jalen Hurts is able to play not like a rookie, but like a quarterback better than Carson Wentz. And um, he's projected to get 12 points this matchup. His next receiver, Calvin Ridley, projected 13, going against the fifth-ranked Los Angeles Chargers def- pass defense. Um, not sure how he's been recently, but uh, I know he's a very talented receiver. And if Julio Jones, who's always injured, is for some reason going to miss this game, you know he's going to have more points than that. But I don't think that's the case. Moving on to the tight end here, Noah Fant. Um, you know, he's a good tight end, but his quarterback is just average. So the fact that he's playing the Carolina Panthers defense that has recently been really good, minus, you know, two weeks ago when we gave up that last second game-winning uh, touchdown drive to the Vikings, um, that defense has been pretty good, even though we're ranked 24th against tight ends. I don't expect Noah Fant to have a great game. Um, we've had the bye week to get better, prepare for this, so we'll see what he's able to do. Um, in the flex for PD, he's got Chase Claypool uh, against the Buffalo defense, who's ranked ninth. And Chase is, you know, he's a good player. I don't know if he is what he, you know, was when he had that like crazy thirty-point game, but um, he's big. He's a red zone threat. Uh, he's capable of you know, putting up a lot of points. He's projected 10 this week. We'll see what happens there. Um, looks like Petey's going to take advantage of the Arizona offense here with his defense, the Giants. He's starting, um, who's playing Arizona. And, you know, Arizona is a late. It's just on a losing streak. They don't look good. Um, so this could be a high-risk, high-reward game for Petey. Or if Arizona decides to play like the early Arizona of the season, it could come back, come back to bite him in the ass. And then his kicker, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, um, Mr. Goggles, just back there, kicking field goals nonstop. The man's consistent. He's good. Um, should be a good play for Petey here. Moving on to Eric's roster here for this matchup. Obviously, he has Kyler Murray, his quarterback, starting this week against the New York Giants. This is a risky play, like I mentioned. It's actually interesting because I know Petey and Eric will both be watching this Arizona Giants game, hoping that either or, you know, the Giants dominate. And if that happens, then Kyle Murray's going to have a bad game. Petey's going to have a great game because of his defense. Or vice versa, if Arizona is just dominating New York, P 
Petey's going to lose points in his defensive position. Eric's going to have a lot of points from Kyler Murray this game, so that should be an interesting game for them to watch. Um, moving on to his starting running back, Jonathan Taylor. He's got the Las Vegas Raiders. Honestly, this defense is just pathetic recently. Jonathan Taylor is hot. He's projected to get 13. I can see him getting a lot more points than that. Um, his next running back, Austin Eckler, um, going up against Atlanta here. So Austin Eckler is a very talented running back. He's been out for a lot of the season due to injury. But now that he's back and he's regained that starting role, I see him having a good game. Regardless of Atlanta having the fifth-ranked run defense, um, he's projected to get 16.5 points this week. Uh, moving on to his wide receivers here, Tyreek Hill is playing Miami. Um, they're middle of the pack in terms of their pass defense. He's projected to get 17 points. Um, he's just so good. I mean, he's, you know, doesn't ever really bomb out on you. He's always going to get you a good game, and sometimes a really, really good game too. And then looking at his other wide receiver here, Robert Woods. Um, tomorrow night, is he's playing New England. They have the 11th-ranked pass defense. Uh, he's projected to get 13 points. Um, he's always a solid starter. And then Hunter Henry's tight end. Uh, is playing the Atlanta defense. So again, he's got two players for the Chargers that he is banking on to perform well here. Um, anytime you have a team going against Atlanta, typically that's a good matchup. Although Atlanta has turned things around recently and they're not an easy matchup anymore. So we'll see if uh, Atlanta is going to have a stingy defense. And if that's the case, Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry could have a long day. Um, but most likely Hunter Henry is going to have a good day. He's a good tight end. He gets... A lot of looks from Justin Herbert, so I'm sure that'll happen a lot this game, too. He's projected to get nine points. Um, in his flex position, he's got Giovanni Bernard. Uh, this is kind of funny because, you know, this the only reason this man's playing is because Joe Mixon's out on injury. Gio is just, he's just a starter. He's not a very talented running back. He came out of UNC, so that should tell you everything you need to know. Um, however, he's got a good matchup against Dallas. Um, it's got to be hard for Eric to watch this game. I mean, to root for your fantasy running back to just demolish your your own NFL team you root for. It's going to be tough. However, probably not that tough because the Cowboys are what they are this year. Um, looking at the Seahawks defense here, they've been playing good recently. They have the New York Jets offense. This could be a potentially 10-plus point performance, I'm thinking, for the Seattle defense. Um, the Jets are trash. Seattle's playing better. It's just a recipe for something like that to happen. And then looking at his kicker, he's got the Miami kicker uh, going against Kansas City. My guess is he won't perform that well because Miami's going to be focusing on scoring as many points as possible to keep up with Kansas City, and that doesn't usually bode well for kickers in that position. Looking back at the uh, last three weeks that Eric and Petey have played, um, Petey has averaged 96 points per matchup. Um, really, the last two games, his team has just been one of the worst in the league, scoring 84 points to 75, so he's coming in kind of cold. However, three weeks ago, week 11, he actually played Eric and beat him 129 to 124. So, Eric, um, here's your chance for redemption, buddy. You got... 114 points average over the last three weeks, so you're the hotter team coming in here. Um, this, to me, adds up to just Eric um, basically getting his revenge against Petey and taking this win.
We'd like to thank another unofficial sponsor of ours, Roy Cooper. Make North Carolina great again. And that's it for the uh, playoff previews. I'm not going to waste my time looking at the NIT playoff matchups. I'm sure you guys don't care about it. I'm sure the teams playing in it don't even really care about it either. So we're going to skip that. And um, that's, yeah, that's it for the wrap-up. So moving on to the last segment here, we're going to have a moment of silence for the teams that played so hard to make the playoffs and failed just short. Finishing at number seven in the league in just one spot behind the playoffs is OB just number two, Misha. Close, but not close enough. Finishing at number eight on the season, two spots behind a playoff spot is Will Fork on first dates. Darius, you will not fork on this first date. Sorry for your loss. Finishing at number nine in the league is hooked on a Thielen. San Kirth, you had a chance, you came up short. Your team sucks. Sorry for your loss. Finishing at number 10 on the season is Aguilar's in this house. Chad, you had a good team, but you didn't play him right. Sorry for your loss. Finishing number 11 in the league is Hogwarts Hufflepuff. Caleb, you had a good team, but you just got your ass kicked every week. Sorry for your loss. Last and most certainly least at the 12th spot is Wubba Lubba Chub Chub. Jeffrey, you're the weakest length. Sorry for your loss. And with that, uh, this first episode has come to a conclusion. Um, recorded more than I thought I was going to record. Hopefully you guys listened to at least half of it, enjoyed it. Um, and good luck to the playoff teams this week 14. See you again next week.